let's take time to uh, look at the Word tonight. I give the privilege of uh, preaching in Pastor Daniel's spot. This is Pastor Daniel's pulpit. And so today, he, he's asked me if I would stand here and give a word. And I believe I've got a great word for our church, for you, your family, for you personally. And I, I, I do want to extend my gratitude again to Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen, for giving my family, the Davis Ohana, the great privilege of coming to Alaska. We were, uh, my family has been here for three years, and we just made our three years with this last dipnet trip. The dipnet marks our, our arrival. So uh, we've been here three years now, and what a wonderful privilege it's been and uh, we just bought some property. We're here to stay, and we're, we're loving it being in Alaska. Praise the Lord. One of the first, one of the first times I got to preach here, I, I shared a word from the book of Numbers, and I want to do a part two on that. So you can go back on YouTube uh, forever ago and look up the first part if you want to. I am going to steal some thoughts from it and do a short recap of some of the things from that message, and then kind of continue on the emphasis in that message. So would you take your Bible and turn to the book of Numbers, and we're going to look at chapter 10, which is the next part of my first message, which was from chapter 9. What a timely word this is for our church, and I think for, particularly for my family, this is a great thing. And I don't know exactly how I want to start, so let's pray, and then we'll look at this. Praise the Lord. Numbers chapter 10. Father, I thank you, God, for this great family night here. We got kids, we got youth, we got individuals, households, grandma and grandpas, and God, your word crosses every demographic, every time and age, and country, and language, and I just thank you, God, for your timeless word. Speak to us today. Help me, God, to get out what it is that you've put in me. And Lord, I pray you give us ears to hear what you're saying to us as individuals, as families, and as a church body at this time in history, and I thank you, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Daniel makes much, too much ado of the fact that I like to be early wherever I go. It wasn't always like that. I've had some rough moments with the alarm clock. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are still trying to figure out how not to hit snooze 10 times. Can we get it down to eight? Let's aim for a miracle of God, eight snoozes instead of 10. I have struggled, most of my young adult life struggled with the alarm clock and hearing it, and I've had some horrid experiences of not getting up on time. And I'm going to share one of those that was repeated over and over again. You'd think I would have learned my lesson the first time. But it has shaped the fact that I don't ever want to be late. It's just something that, I mean, I can just feel it right now. Thank you, Lord. So I had this job. 
uh, I was going in high school and in college. I had this job where I had to shave in order to be presentable for the job. And it was clear in the instructions given to the employees that your clothes had to be clean. Your apron, it was in a kitchen, your apron had to be clean. You couldn't wear yesterday's apron with all the marks on it and whatever. And you had to be shaved. Well, I have to shave every day. Some of you are the same. You've got to shave every day to keep it nice and awesome. Some of you are once a month. I'm jealous. And so, I don't remember how many times, but I know it was enough to scar me for life, that I would be sleeping at home, which was a 30-minute drive to work. I would be at home, the alarm clock would go off, and I would keep slapping it, only to realize I've now slapped it, and I've got like 15 minutes to get to work. Does everybody know what I'm talking about? Been there, done that. Now you're in panic mode, and you're flying stuff everywhere. You put on the old apron, and I'd be driving to work only to realize I didn't shave. So I would pull over to like a gas station or whatever and buy a razor and dry shave on the way to work. <laughs> tears coming down my eyes. Salty tears burning my now freshly shaved, it's not really a shave, it's more like a scratch, okay? Freshly scratched face. And I remember distinctly several times, I would be just be like, while I'm trying to drive. Several miles an hour past the speed limit, trying to get there going, And I would always start on this side. I just like spit something. I would always start on this side. But this side isn't the sensitive side of my face. It's this side. It's really sensitive. And this side would be grueling. So I would pull into where I was working. It's called Brahms. I would pull into Brahms and I wouldn't be finished. Tears, blood, walk in with little patches. So I have this reoccurring tweak that happens when I look at the clock and I get this even just sense that I might be late. I can feel the lateness. My face starts tingling. It hurt. It was very painful. If you'd like to share that experience with me, I want to invite you to go home today and pull out a razor and just start scraping your face with it. You'll never be late. If you have a problem, just do that on the way. You can't be anywhere on time. Just go ahead and start that new tradition in your life. It won't be long. You'll never be late again. Maybe once. So in the book of Numbers, we encounter... A system of communication and some choices some people had to make as they were going to respond to Moses. 
And very much like I had an alarm clock that was trying to help me get there, we're going to look at the, the alarm that was set for the children of Israel. And it's these trumpets. So let's take a look at uh, Numbers 10. The Lord said to Moses, make two trumpets of hammered silver and use them for calling the community together and for having the camps set out. Let's read a little more. When both are sounded, the whole community is assembled before you at the entrance to the tent of meeting. If only one is sounded, the leaders, the heads of the clans of Israel, are to assemble before you. Five, when a trumpet blast is sounded, the tribes camping on the east are to set out. At the sounding of a second blast, the camps on the south are to set out. All right, the blast will be the signal for setting out. To gather the assembly, blow the trumpets, but not with the same signal. Duh. All right, number eight. The sons of Aaron, the priests, are to blow the trumpets. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you and the generations to come. When you go into battle in your own land against an enemy who is oppressing you, sound a blast on the trumpets, and you will be remembered by the Lord your God and rescued from your enemies. Also at your times of rejoicing, your appointed feasts and new moon festivals, you are to sound the trumpets over your burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, and they will be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. These are Moses' instructions about these two trumpets. Now, let's do a little rewind. You may not be familiar with what's going on with Moses, Israel at this time, and why they would need these trumpets, and why it was such a big deal that he followed the instructions clearly regarding the trumpets. So Moses is the deliverer of Israel out of Egypt, and we're just going to kind of do Sunday school here. So familiarize, you know, we've got the plagues and Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses is, has taken them out of Egypt, and they are on their way to this great destiny, this great uh, promise of God called the promised land. And God has told Moses, not where it's at, but just follow me, we're going there, and you're going to lead these people there. So Moses is in the process of taking them from Egypt to the promised land. And on the journey, they have these stops. We get the Ten Commandments here. We, get, we start building the tabernacle. The Lord gives the instructions for the tabernacle. And on the first day of the opening of the tabernacle... This cloud appears and descends on top of the tabernacle, and everybody sees this cloud. And God speaks to Moses and says, the cloud is going to be your GPS. You follow the cloud. And so he gives these instructions that are the craziest set of instructions you could ever imagine if you were either leading Israel or one of the people in Israel following Moses. It's this cloud thing. And to you and I, it would be like the worst, the worst directions you could ever imagine because there's no map. There's no, this is where we're going. Everybody, come on. We all know the way to get there. It's a cloud. And whatever the cloud does, that's what we're going to do until the day we finally arrive. And so Moses is in an administrative nightmare, okay? They just left Egypt. They plundered Egypt. They took with them all these silver, gold, donkeys, probably some cats too. God bless them. 
and whatever else they wanted. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that whatever they asked for, the Egyptians were compelled to give them. So they took anything they wanted. So they've left Egypt with all of this supplies, and they're carrying it with them. Well, the nature of this cloud thing made it extremely difficult for them to keep up with how to live life. In fact, they had to learn to live life in a whole different manner. They had to relearn living. Because the way they formerly lived was not going to work out here in the desert following this cloud. And we see that it was God's great wisdom to make it this way. You ever look at some of your circumstances and you, you, you're wondering if God is in this because it just doesn't make sense to you? But then you have to stop and realize God has made things too wonderful for us to understand. We have trouble describing a sunset that we see every day. And they're all different. They don't look the same. How is that possible? The, God, the same God who made our bodies that can heal ourselves, it's amazing what our bodies can do. The same God with that wisdom creates scenarios by which he can reveal himself to us, show him different aspects of who he is. And, and sometimes how defunct we are. How dysfunctional we are compared to him. So here's Moses. There's, there's, they, have, they don't have figured out where the bathrooms are. They don't know how to give two million people toilet paper. They don't know where they're getting their next meals. They don't have restaurants and Starbucks along the way to get some coffee on their way to the promised land. So you can imagine that, that some of the children of Israel were probably getting a little frustrated that, you know, Moses... Surely he's got all this figured out. Are we supposed to be following somebody that doesn't know where we're going? That doesn't make sense to me. But it was God's great wisdom. Now let's look at some of the things that, that are the wisdom of God that this is speaking to us about. Numbers uh, chapter 10. Let's look at, first of all, now we've caught up with Moses. Here they are. The cloud's sitting there. They've made these trumpets. Okay, and they have no maps, no end goal. They don't know where they're going. There's no structures. It's just Moses, and they're following a cloud. And I want to take a look at, uh, first, I want to read a little bit about the MO, the modus operandi of this cloud and God using the cloud. So back up and look at Numbers 9, and let's start with verse 15. And I'm going to read kind of fast. You can just keep up or listen. On the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up. The cloud covered it. From evening till morning, the cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. That, that is how it continued to be. The cloud covered it, and at night, it looked like fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. How many Israelites? Two million plus. And all, their, and all of their goods, animals, and everything. Okay, so... Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out, and at his command, they encamped. As long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle, they remained in camp. When the cloud remained over the tabernacle a long time, the Israelites obeyed the Lord's order and did not set out. Sometimes the cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they would encamp, and then at the com his command, they would set out. 
Sometimes the cloud stayed only from evening till morning. And when it lifted in the morning, they set out. Whether by day or by night, whenever the cloud lifted, they set out. Whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle two days or a month or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out. But when it lifted, they would set out. 23, at the Lord's command, they encamped, and at the Lord's command, they set out. They obeyed the Lord's order in accordance with the command through Moses, and then we get to where they've built these trumpets. I don't like this plan, and I'm so glad I wasn't in the camp of the Israelites trying to figure out, do I set up my tent or do I not set up my tent? How long is that cloud going to sit there? Is it moving tomorrow morning? Do I set up my little kitchen and make home? Do I untie my animals? What am I supposed to do here? In e Egypt, they were stationary. They didn't move around like this with this kind of navigation. They had homes, and they stayed with their family, and they're all, they had fences for their animals or whatever. It wasn't like a free-range chicken going everywhere. Right? But this is something totally different. And Moses is the great leader here who's giving them in the instructions and leading them in this new way of life. So you got these trumpets. Now the trumpets, as we just read in those first eight verses of chapter 10, 10 verses, we have some different purposes. The chief purpose for the creation of these trumpets was, to, was a few things, okay? So first one, it's to get everybody on the same page. He's got to be able to communicate to millions of people. And depending on whatever you, you had, animals, children, belongings, it would take you some time to get it prepared to leave. So Moses sounds the trumpet. One, the first purpose is to get everybody on the same page. He's going to call everybody in or he's announcing we're going somewhere. Everybody pack it up. The second purpose is to start the countdown. Now, if I'm Moses, now I'm just going to add some speculation here, but if I'm Moses, I'm going to somehow figure out how that the trumpet and the time we're moving, there's an allotted time here to help everybody get it together. But it ain't going to be very long because we're not going to miss the cloud. We're not going to go a different direction. We're going to stay with it. So number one, get everybody on the same page. Two, announce it's packing time. And then number three, it gives the order of who goes when on the march. So these trumpets are valuable. They give direction. And then you see, it, you know, in, at the uh, end of our reading there, they're used in the battle cry and the Lord will respond. And then they're used as a memorial later on once they get to the promised land. They got these feasts and things. They sound the trumpet. It's a memorial. But the chief purpose was to announce, hey, everybody, the cloud is moving. So when you hear the trumpet, and you're one of the children of Israel, and you're a family there, man, it's decision time when you hear the trumpet. What would be the effect? Let's just, for a moment, explore the way we're made and some of our natural tendencies we have in life and pretend for a moment that we are in the camp of Israel. What would it be like to hear that trumpet go off. It could be 
It could be absolute catastrophe, depending on the way you live life. It could be panic mode, because you just spread everything out, and the cloud starts moving the next day. But I want to look at, I want to mention a few things here. The effect of trumpet living, okay? You would begin to learn to live a different way. You and I would begin to adapt our life in case the cloud moves at any moment. Not a set moment on a calendar. That's the way we like to operate is God's going to move on May 23rd. Guys, we're going to start packing up on May, at the beginning of May, May 1st. That's how we normally like to operate. We like to plan and get everything lined up, get everything packed, clothes are folded, put in the thing. All the animals are fed, full fed ahead of time, right? But that's not the way God's great wisdom for the children of Israel happened. It was when the cloud mo moves, you stop everything you're doing and you start packing because you don't want to miss the train. The alarm has sounded, get with it. We're going to start moving uh, at the next time. So you live ready to move. Imagine how difficult it would be if you had way too much stuff. One of the decisions you would quickly make is, I can't keep up with that cloud with so much. I'm going to have to lose some stuff along the way, or, or I'm going to just keep being a stuff caretaker and get left behind, or I'm going to stay up with the cloud and leave the stuff behind. What kind of baggage, depend, you know, it determined what was going to happen in their life, how much baggage they had. And the same thing is true for us. There are things that have to get left behind in order for us to follow the leading of the Lord and to adjust the way we're living in case the cloud moves. Now, we're going to apply this to us personally and as a corporate body in a few minutes. But I just want to bring out live life ready to move. It was a big adjustment for them. They had to make some hard decisions as to what exactly is most important for us to keep. Because I am so tired of packing all those dishes again. When we moved from Oregon to Alaska, we had a big three-story house full of all kinds of stuff that was just there. I don't, I don't know, stuff, pianos and tables and chairs. and I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff in it. So Pastor Daniel uh, uh, invites us to come move to Alaska. We decide we're going to drive up the Alcan, and everything we have won't come up with us. So we had to stop and say, okay, what are we going to keep with us because this other stuff's got to go. In the same manner, there's things in our past that we're just going to have to get rid of, old patterns that need to go in our life, wrong thinking's going to keep you from, you know, there's all kinds of things that's just got to go. Who you used to be has got to go. This is who we are now. We're going to live by the Spirit. Everybody say, by the Spirit. You can't live by the Spirit doing things like you used to in Egypt. It just don't work. And God has taken these, these Israelites through a whole journey of learning to live life in a different way. And we'll get to that in a minute. Now, the second thing, the effect of trumpet living, is you don't wait to move till everything's perfect. If the cloud starts moving, 
Okay, you may not have everything in order. Just grab the laundry, chuck it in the cart, and follow the cloud. It doesn't have to be folded. You might have a little too much monk in you if you think you can't obey God till everything's all perfectly lined up and it looks ready to obey God. God will call you to do things when you're not ready for them. I'm not saying every time, but you cannot put this you cannot put God's commands in your life or let's just say the cloud. You can't put the cloud on hold. Nobody in Israel shouted, "Hey Moses, hold on." I don't have all my goats watered yet, or whatever it is. When the cloud moves, start packing and get going. We don't determine how fast or when the cloud goes. The Israelites didn't get to make that choice. But they did have the choice of how they were going to respond when the cloud did move. And the next thing in living with this trumpet is you had to keep in order. It wasn't a giant free-for-all when the trumpet sounded because part of the purpose of the trumpets was to announce which tribe was now going to move. There was order amidst this cloud GPS navigation. And so uh, the the children of Israel, when they hear the trumpet, they they don't just grab their donkey and just take off running. They maintained the order that Moses presented to them. The next thing is respond correctly. Imagine the responses you might hear. Let's just pretend. You would never respond this way, but the children of Israel might. I can't believe it's moving already. We just landed here. Doesn't God know the water is right over there? We're leaving the water? All right, the cloud's moving, the trumpet sounds. God, I don't want to go that way. That way looks easier. Can we please just go that way? Moses, tell the cloud to go that way. Everybody fan your hands. Maybe we can blow the cloud. It's two million hands. Let's blow the cloud over that way. The terrain looks easier. Or some of the responses could be aimed at the guys that are blowing the trumpets. Oh, those guys. I hate the way they blow those trumpets. Can't they blow them softer? It's so easy to get angry and point your finger at the person watching the cloud and announcing what the cloud is doing when it costs you effort, time, and money to deal with whatever the cloud is doing. It's easier in our human nature to point at a man then point at the cloud. And so we like belch and vomit all over the man or the trumpeters. That's just, that's just the human nature. I want somebody to feel the, the tension and the friction. Somebody's going to have to hurt as much as I am. Right? That's that's why revenge and getting back at people is such a challenging thing to deal with because there's a sense of I'm just going to have to live life believing that it's all going to be okay, God's going to take care of it, and God's going to deal with them. It's so forgiving and getting over things is one of the most challenging things in life because you want to feel justice. And if you're in the 
in the uh, children of Israel, and you hear those people blow those blessed trumpets the next morning after you'd finally got your kids in bed, you just want to go down there and punch them in the face because they just sounded it. I'm going to go punch those trumpeters in the face right now. Don't they realize my feet hurt? My, my, my donkey broke his leg on the journey. I got to take care of that. The, the, the wheel on the cart broke. Now it's not going to go as straight as it used to. <clears throat> so we got to be careful our response. We got to respond correctly. The, if, if, you re, if you read all of this journey that Moses, Moses, these guys took, you realize complainers brought destruction upon them. Compl anybody complaining either died or came close to it. They, you did? I wasn't in here. I'm rarely in a Sunday morning service, but I'm, I'm in the back. I was preaching to kids Bible Ninja today. Pastor Daniel said he talked about that this morning, so go back and watch YouTube. <clears throat> Responding correctly to the trumpet. You've got to use time the right way. Once you hear that trumpet, time has sounded. Use time the right way. You want to value the departure time, and wasted time can be costly. You could get left behind by wasting time when the trumpet sounds. Get with it. Living in the, the effect of trumpet, okay, the effect of trumpet living. So we're going to live life ready to move. We've got to keep in order. We've got to respond correctly. We talked about that. Next is we're going to have to trust Moses. Because we are hoping Moses is watching the cloud a whole lot more than we are. In fact, if Moses is not watching the cloud, give somebody else the trumpet. Whoever's calling the shots with that trumpet better have a really good eye on that cloud because they're going to affect millions of people with their decisions regarding the cloud. And millions of people are going to have to go, was was. Are we going to go with what Moses just said? I don't see it moving. I, I don't see the same thing Moses sees, but I heard some trumpet sounded. There's a whole trust thing about the cloud, the leader, the trumpet. It's the MO, it's the MO God put together. It was his great wisdom. The cloud, the leader, the trumpet, I respond. And that same thing is still true today. It hasn't changed. All right, uh, and then the last thing of the effect of trumpet living is the leadership. Moses had to stay where he knew what the cloud was doing. Because his decisions affected so many people, he either had to keep his eye on it himself or contrive some way that one of his helpers or assistants was sitting there watching it because they didn't know when it was going to move. But when it moved, everybody get into action. They probably, most likely, needed as much time as possible, early warning as possible. This is happening, folks. Moses probably wanted to sleep some. So he probably had some sort of somebody up all night watching the fire. Did it twitch? I think it twitched. Would you like to be the one that announced to Moses, I think it twitched? You better blow the trumpets? I wouldn't want that job. Because two million people are going to, and all their donkeys and everything, are going to make decisions based on whether or not I'm really looking at the cloud or made something up. 
So the effects of trumpet living. How the trumpet affects us. All right, so in two ways. This is what I want us to hear today. If you didn't hear anything else I said, I want you to hear, number one, we must live life by the Spirit. Okay? This picture of of what God put together is such a great example of not living Christian life in a religious value system, but living it in a Spirit-led value system. Now, go back to their navigation and their administrative woes that they had that Moses trying to put all these people together. If you and I were selecting this journey, and I'm just repeating what I said earlier, we would want it on a map. We would want every task lined up to make sure nobody got left behind. Everything's there. Clothes are folded. Okay, dishes are clean before we leave, and everything's in order. But that's not God's great design. And that's not the way life by the Spirit is going to go either. Life by the Spirit is you must keep your attention on the Spirit. God's great wisdom was he's developing a plan for Moses and Israel who are coming out of Egypt to learn to put their attention on him 24-7. They didn't do that in Egypt, but that's what he wanted for them. That's who he wanted to be for them, and that's the nature of life he wanted them to live is they're going to have to put their attention on him and be ready to move if he twitches. And so the same thing applies to us. Our spirit-led life is not a list of tasks, and I did all my tasks for the day, I'm holy. Or whatever. You know, we would like that. That feels good to us. I got my daily Bible reading check mark on my Bible plan. I like that too. But life by the Spirit doesn't necessarily go like that. Okay? This is a great example. You got to be ready for the Spirit to move. The second, okay, so the first, the first thing I want you to hear today is that we're going to live life by the Spirit. Now, how does this apply to us personally? Personally, the Holy Spirit is personal. He's the helper. He's the counselor. Jesus ascended, goes to heaven, and he sends the, he says, unless I go to heaven, the counselor, the comforter, the helper, the advocate cannot come. So Jesus goes to heaven. So the Holy Spirit, come come here and help us. Life by the Spirit, you've got a personal assistant with you 24-7 to help you become all that God wants you to be. And he's going to sound a trumpet in your personal life. It'll come in the form of convictions or promptings to do something or uh, uh, you're feeling like twisted inside, you want to stop doing something. You've got to learn to respond to that trumpet going off in your life. It's the same thing as the silver trumpet right here. I don't make trumpet noises anymore, but I was about to make one. No, not, not now, not after all day today. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit is going to send personal trumpet sounds into your life, into your family. I got five kids, and I'm the, I'm the head of my family. I need to hear the trumpet of God as the leader of my family. I'm making decisions that affect them. I need to hear the trumpet. Those of you that have a, a household and whatever that looks like, whatever nature that looks like, the Holy Spirit will sound trumpets to help you navigate 
getting your family, your children, your wife, your whatever it might be that lives with you, your household, on the destiny that God has for them, to the promised land, if you will. So be sensitive. There's trumpets that will sound over your family. I, I can recall a number of times we as a couple have heard the trumpet call of the Holy Ghost and made immediate decisions for our children. We didn't need three dreams and a vision and an angel standing at our door to make decisions. We just needed to hear the trumpet. We had to live with our attention on the cloud. We live as parents for our children with our attention on the cloud. In fact, if there's things that keep our attention off the cloud, we get them out of our house. Because I don't want to raise my kids if I don't have my eye on the cloud. My children and their destiny is, my children and their destiny and what God wants them to be is dependent on whether or not I'm looking at the cloud. I'm setting them up for either success in the kingdom of God and fulfilling what God has for them or going to 30 encounters a year trying to get healed from something that I didn't take care of. Or the patterns that I set up as a dad or, uh, you know, the parent in my house. My kids need me to be looking at the cloud. Um, so as an individual, as families, and then together, I'm, I'm almost done, Pastor Daniel, together as a corporate body, the Holy Spirit sounds the trumpet over what we're doing here in His name as a body of believers. And sometimes we, we can look at it and we've got the same choices that the children of Israel did to respond to what the cloud is doing or whether the trumpet sounded to us as a body of believers. So how do we live like that? First of all, we got to make sure our pastors are being prayed for. We need them to keep their eye on the cloud. We pray for our pastors every day. If you don't pray for your pastors every day, you need to. We don't want leadership that doesn't know what the cloud is doing. Then they're making up their own plan. I thank God for Pastor Daniel, Pastor Gary. Their giftings are way different than the giftings I have. But we share this similarity. What are you saying, Holy Spirit? You go to their house, there's worship music playing. They come here to pray in the morning time. They pray at their house in the morning time. They long to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. What a fantastic way to have a church. I could not imagine church with a pastor who didn't know what the cloud was doing. You might want to think about a different church if your church leadership is not in tune with the cloud. This last season, this fall season, man, there's trumpets going off everywhere. We got the Moms Network. What is it called? <clears throat> Radiant Moms Trumpet is going off. We got the KSM trumpet is going off. I am so excited about KSM. I've been involved with King School Ministry for a long time, different roles, different whatever, and I can tell when somebody's got it together and is going somewhere with KSM, and these guys have got it together, and they're going somewhere. What an awesome thing. We've sounded the trumpet over the building. The trumpet is sounding every day over the building. We have a vision as KC 
And you can look at the back of our magazine to see how all that works out. It's a trumpet sound. It's our senior pastor, Dr. Morocco, looking at the cloud and going, okay, what's going on here? Sound the trumpet. Our pastor's here. Get a word from God. Okay? We, we had a great staff meeting this week. Sometimes our staff meetings, which I'm thankful for, involve rigorous debate. If you're a leadership student or a, a business student, one great book is called From Good to Great by Jim Collins. And he talks about five-star businesses and companies. He says one of the identifiers is that the leadership teams of these companies debate vigorously but walk out on the same page. Hey, that's what we got going on here. We don't always, you know, agree on the same things. We don't all walk in and go, Yes, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do, no matter what. I appreciate the fact that Pastor Daniel gives us liberty to express and to allow our giftings and, and the things that God has, has done in our lives to impact the decisions of what we make as a church. But when we walk out, Pastor Daniel says, "This okay, he's heard everybody, this is what we're doing, let's go do it, we're all on the same page. I thank God for that. Praise the Lord. So we're going to live as a corporate body. When we hear the trumpet, we got to make a decision just like the Israelites did. How am I going to respond? We've got to live life as a corporate body ready for the cloud to move. You cannot get fixated in the way we've always done it. Pastor Daniel may see the cloud and up and decide we need to have apple juice for communion next week. Some of you just lost your salvation right there. It's going to be okay. I just made that up. That was just made up. There's a number of you not smiling at me. So sorry if I just like put a knife in your traditions. I'm almost done. Pastor Daniel will be preaching the next 20 services. You won't see me for a while. Praise the Lord. I hope you can hear me saying, personally, family-wise, and as a corporate body, we've got to keep our eye on the cloud, and when the trumpet sounds, we've got to respond. We've got to respond the right way. We've got to get, live life ready to move, because that's God's great way of keeping our eye on Him instead of the traditions of men and thinking what this is what it should be. What a wonderful thing to have a personal God who lives with us and has a great destiny, a promised land for us, and gives us great leadership to help us personally get there and corporately get there. Would you stand with me? I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Daniel, and uh, we're going to just take time to pray for some of the directions in our church. You know, maybe, maybe I said a few things that, uh, you know, triggered inside you, things maybe God's already talking to you about, and you, you feel this trumpet sounding, you're like, oh, I better make some decisions. Uh, and better make some choices. I want to encourage you that you have no idea what God has planned if you'll just respond. What, regardless of what it might, it might be about uh, your family, might be about your job, maybe your diet, maybe your money, maybe something like that. I can't tell you how many times I hear a trumpet go off regarding my finances, and I obey, and then something astounding happens. I gotta live by the trumpet. I gotta live by what the cloud is doing. And so, as since we're all here together as a corporate body, 
Let's take a moment to pray for some of the trumpets that have gone off. This is what we're doing. We're not just trying something out. So uh, let's let's take time to pray for KSM. Barry, why don't you just you just come on right up here? And uh, mommies, mommies are us. Radio moms. Right. And our youth ministry is shifting. Minister David, Siobhan, we're making a big change. Okay. We're making, where's Keala? Keala, you just got nominated. Right over here. We do, we're making a big change as to where our youth ministry is meeting and what time and what day. We don't have the building for everything we want to do. But the trumpet has sounded over our youth ministry, and we want to be careful to make room for what God has got intended around our youth ministry. And let's pray for our building project. Pastor Vince, would you come right up here? Just stand here for our building project. The trumpet is sounding. All right. Eagle River. Let's pray for our extensions. Let's pray for more of them. We need to plant more churches. Amen. It's to pray for children's ministry, too. Josh, come stand here. Pastor Kirsten's been pushing his voice all day. So I'm going to help him out a little bit. Great word. Put your hands together for Pastor Kirsten. We're entering into a new season of all of our life groups and uh, new teams or ministries. So, uh, Minister Tammy, where are you? Minister Tammy, choir, are you here? Would you just come and find a place here, right here, right front and center? All right. Come on, let's pray for all of these things. I'm just going to hand the mic to y'all. You just pass it to the person next person. You pray for Children's Ministry, KSM, uh, Radiant Moms, and on down the line. All right, when the mic gets to you, you pray. You all agree. Come on, lift your voice and pray. Lord Jesus, we just pray right now for our kids' ministry, fathers, for volunteers to rise up, Lord Jesus, to see your fire and your passion in these kids, oh God, that there is an anointing on each and every one of them, that they have a destiny and they know who they are and whose they are, in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for KSM, Lord, as you told the nation of Israel through Moses, we were going to go and we're all going to go together, Lord, we don't want to move without your direction. We want to be sensitive to you, Holy Spirit. We want to be led by you. And, Lord, we want all that you've called into this to go together, Lord. We ask that you bless it, you speak to hearts, and you open doors, Lord, in your name. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We lift up every mom in this community, in this church, in this valley. And, God, we declare that, Lord, you will raise them up to be the moms you have called them to be. Father, united together with their husbands, over watching over their children, watching over their family, watching over their community. That, Father, they are not weak, but they are well equipped because you are with them. God, I pray, pour out your spirit upon this ministry. Grow it under your hand. Have your way, oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Father, for clearly you are bringing in the harvest, Lord. Clearly you are blowing your trumpet, Lord God. I ask you, Lord, to double in our life groups, Lord God, and in our teams. I pray, Father, that you would multiply us, Lord God, that we'd raise up, Lord God, to be, Lord God, that that you called us to be, Lord. 
I pray, Father, that our every single one of our life groups to start off this season, Lord God, would grow and strong, Lord God. I pray, Father, we would see the leaders, Lord, that you have placed in this church, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to be a disciple and make a disciple as you have commanded us. And we take that upon our shoulders, Lord, and we go forth in the name of Jesus. Father, we lift up our extensions, Lord, as you have given us a mandate, Lord, to go into all the world, God, and preach the gospel. Lord, as we're doing in Eagle River, God, as we do it in different places, God, we pray that you would open doors, Lord, in the Bristol Bay, that your word go, would go forth and heal that community in the name of the Lord. Father, I pray for wisdom and strategy that comes from you. God, I pray that you would open, Lord, our understanding. God, that we would grow in the knowledge of you, that we would have, God, spiritual knowledge, God, and wisdom in everything we're doing, God, that we would see a great growth, an expansion, God. I pray that you send us leaders, God, that you would send us workers who have a hunger for you, a hunger for your kingdom, God, to be expanded. Do mighty wonders, God, we pray through our hands. Send us, Lord. Send us laborers, God, that we may be able to reach Anchorage. Lord, that we would be able to reach Juneau, God. Fairbanks, Lord. All of our surrounding communities, God. That there will be a representative that loves you. That hears your voice. God, that is not just traditions being passed down, but that we are living, Lord, fully. God, we pray for Dillingham, God, for the villages, Lord, that there will be an opening right now. God, that you would send laborers, God, for all of these villages that have no representation of the gospel, that are people who are living in darkness, that they would see the bright light of your gospel coming to those places, Lord. And the light comes when we go. The light comes when we go. Lord, move in power, Lord, and raise up people in Jesus' name. God, we lift up the youth to you tonight, Lord God. I thank you, Father, for Minister David, God, and his sensitivity, Lord God, to your spirit, Lord God, and to your cloud, God. So I pray as you go into this next season, God, as you're following your spirit, God, I pray you continue, Lord God, for a fresh outpouring upon the youth, God, even as school starts soon, Lord God, that it wouldn't stop in the summer, God, but revival, God, would break out in the schools, God. We pray for your spirit to move in a new way, God, throughout this valley, God. And I thank you, God, that you're placing leaders strategically, Lord God. Even student leaders strategically need school, Lord God. I pray, God, you open their ears to hear your voice, to hear your trumpet call them out, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for what you're doing. On top of the most prominent yield in Wasilla, God, you're building your church, God. Then the gates of hell shall not prevail, Lord. Hallelujah, you're raising it up, Lord. Hallelujah, a place where people can come from all over the world, Lord, to learn of you, God, to be discipled, to be built up, that all of Wasilla will be saved, God. All of Alaska will be touched, and the world will be changed because of what you're doing on top of that hill. We thank you, Lord, for your leadership, for your guidance, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing, God. And we pray right now, Lord, that you have established, Lord, that cornerstone, that capstone with shouts of grace, grace upon it. Hallelujah. And we'll be careful, Lord, as always, to give you all the glory and the honor. Have your way in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for the gift that you've given to us of a salvation. We thank you, Lord God, that you've called us to rise up, to be an army, to be an army that goes forth, Lord God, and declares the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
We thank you, Lord God, that we've got a team of oxen. We've got an oxen of prayer, of prophecy, Lord God, and we've got an oxen of evangelism. And together, Lord God, we'll see this burden move. We'll see this valley shaken. We'll see this state transformed. We'll see your kingdom come and your will done in this place in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple more things, and then we're going to close in prayer. We pray, God, for our worship teams. Multiply and give us many, many, many teams, Lord. Not only here, but across KC Worldwide. Raise up an army of worship leaders and the youth. Lord, adults, God, young adults as well, in the name of Jesus. Matthew Cox, you work in the marketplace, and you've, you, God's given you a place of influence. I want to pray. And just pray as however the Lord will lead you. We need God to move in the marketplace, move in media. You were in technology. This is a, one of the most volatile, most incredible times in all of history. Come on, let's pray for that. You lead us. Dear Father, Lord, we ask that you would raise up individuals in business. Lord, I ask that you would no longer allow the, the barriers, Lord, to come against us in these businesses, Lord. I pray against so many of the secular agendas that are coming against individuals who are trying to just lead their business, just trying to make a living. Lord, I ask you to bless all of those business leaders. Lord, I pray that you would raise up individuals within those businesses to speak your word, declare your glory, and to draw a line and say, enough is enough. We're going to stand here and preach. We're going to lift the word. We're going to present our path. And Lord, we're going to bring your glory to every place we step, whether it's business, home, or the community. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to pray one, one, more, one more area of influence, and that's political influence. It's a great joy and an honor that we have made the mayor of Palmer, Mayor Edna, here. You, you lead us in prayer. Let's pray for the upcoming midterm elections, and let's just pray as God leads. Lord, we thank you for this great country that you have given to us, Lord, and we do not take it lightly, Lord, that you have put us in a power or position in prayer. And upon every one of them, Lord, every person that's in here, Lord, has a part in the government, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, we lift up the upcoming elections to you. God, you know the hearts of the men and women that are running, Lord. We ask you to give us wisdom when we make that vote, Lord, in the, not only in the state of Alaska, Lord, but throughout the United States, Lord, that there will be righteousness that will exalt this nation in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're going to take time to pray for Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen. We've got to, we, we've got to have them see the cloud, communicate clearly. Staff, would you gather around? Why don't you stretch out your hands from wherever you are? Come on, let's pray for them. Pastor Vance, lead us in prayer for our leaders. Father, we thank you for our anointed leadership and the whole entire Bracken family, God. We ask, Lord, that you would put a covering around them, Lord, that you would surround them with your glory, Lord, that you would bless them, Lord, as they come in. Bless them as they go out. Bless all the works of their hands and everything that is theirs, Lord. Hallelujah, bless Mama. Hallelujah, bless Hannah. Hallelujah, bless Daniel. Hallelujah, use them mightily, God. And we thank you, Lord, that you've given them the gift of faith and of leadership, increase in them. Give them wisdom. In the, in... Give them wisdom and the knowledge of you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We ask that you would surround them with your love, God. There will be no needs, God, in their lives, God, because you've raised us up 
to surround them and pray for them. Hallelujah. And bless them on every occasion, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that your mercy, your grace, and your blessings overtake them at every time, God. Hallelujah, Father, that they will settle not, not for is any old thing, Lord, but the fire of God ignited in their spirits, God. Hallelujah, Father. Give them the very best, Lord, because they give us the very best. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And all in agreement said. One more thing with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, don't leave this place in that condition. Never want to close the service without giving people an opportunity to get right with Jesus. If you're online tonight, you're here under the sound of my voice, and you're not right with God. Won't you give your heart to him tonight? Won't you, won't you give your heart to him? Won't you surrender to him? Make him your Lord. Make him your Savior. Never regret it. With every head bowed, eye closed, you say, that's me, Pastor. If you want to be included in this prayer, raise your hand high all across this place if you want to get right with God. You want to repent of your sin, ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. All right. Let's pray right out loud all across this place. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you, and then we'll close our service tonight. Father, thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you lead us, that you guide us, that you direct us, that you not only are the Alpha and Omega, Lord, you know the beginning, and you know the end, and you know right where to lead us. You know how to blow the trumpet. You know how to guide us. You know how to direct us. You know how to protect us and provide for us. Lord, you're awesome, and we're so grateful. So we say yes to your trumpet call. We say yes to your leading, your guiding, and your direction for us, for our lives, for our family, for our church. God, we give you praise. Now bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards us, God. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name.